so um, as Yantif is getting closer and our uh, attempts to deny that it's uh, arriving soon uh, becomes more and more futile. Um, so I figured we should go ahead and we should uh, really start addressing some of those topics. And um, one of them which comes up now, since uh, on a practical level, there isn't too much that you really have to know for Rosh Hashanah, because hopefully wherever you are, somebody gets up and blows the chauffeur, and hopefully they blow it correctly. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, you know, we're relying on uh, the person practicing and uh, the Rav who's there with him to make sure that it's done uh, correctly and uh, successfully. And there's not really too much that uh, that we have to do on uh, on top of that. But something that we do have to prepare for, and something, uh, sometimes it reminds me, I think, uh, my annual replace broken panels for my sukkah last year <laughs> type of activity. Um, cause inevitably something breaks along the way with all of the wind, which, uh, which blows on sukkahs and the fact that our sukkah is right in front of the house. So we face a lot of, uh, a lot of those types of issues. So there's really two things which one has to uh, keep in mind when uh, building a sukkah, and we'll sort of see them together, but really our focus is going to be more on one than the other. But that is the fact that a sukkah must be secure. It must be able to stand up in a common wind, what's referred to luckily as a ruach mitsuya. And I'm not going to even go into the issue of having a sukkah with tarp walls or not, and the fact that they sway a little bit in the wind, no matter how hard you go ahead and you tie them down. My focus is going to be much, uh, our focus tonight is going to be much more on securing the schach. Schach is another one of those things which, when the wind really picks up, depending on what your schach is made from, uh, it potentially can blow the schach off. And uh, those of us in Chicago, certainly, so we have a strong interest in trying to make sure that our schach should not fly away. And as much as when you're putting up the schach, it may seem like it's really heavy, you go ahead and you unroll one of those bamboo mats, as heavy as it was when you were carrying it up onto the sukkah. So when the wind gets blowing, it lifts it up very easily and could wreak havoc in terms of um, even if it doesn't blow the schach into the bamboo mats entirely off of the sukkah, but it could bunch it up together so that you're left with a small area that has some schach left and lots of open areas. So all that needs to happen is to for you happen to you once, and then you have this strong motivation. What is halacha going to allow me to do in order to secure my schach in place? So that's what we're going to try and explore tonight. And with that, hopefully, it should be appearing on your screen. Got sheets on your screen there? Looks good. Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch. Okay, outstanding. I'm going to move around the screens by me, so it'll seem more like I'm looking at you. <laughs> okay, so we are going to start. And we're not going to go through the, the sugyas in the Gemara. I'm going to assume that, uh, that you know that already. Ooh, is it being paused? Okay, um, so I'm going to assume that uh, that you know the uh, the Gemaras already. So we will jump into the Shulchan Aruch with the Mishaburas, trying to piece together the uh, the sources which are relevant for us. Okay, so one of the first sources we're going to have two really uh, at, at the outset, which give us a frame of reference for the security of the Sukkah. So Shulchan Aruch says, and this is a Mishnah in the second pair. It's based on Mishnah second pair of uh, of Sukkah, but it says. So if somebody's going to be building a sukkah on a wagon, 
not too common nowadays, other than Chabad will usually have one of those by a restaurant. Or you go ahead and you put it on top of a boat, also not so common nowadays. So if the sukkah is not strong enough that it could stand up to a common wind on dry land, the assumption is, is that it, the wind at sea is stronger than the wind at dry land. I think being across the street from the park, we get wind like as if we were at sea. But it has to be able to stand up to a common um, dry land a wind. And if it cannot, it's going to be possible. But in the event that the sukkah, even though it's on your houseboat, but if it's strong enough that it can stand up to a dry to a land wind, even though it's not strong enough to stand up to a strong wind, which you would find at sea, doesn't have to be even necessarily category one hurricane level. It could even be tropical storm downgraded from not even a uh, a hurricane, but just any strong wind which is coming off of the sea, Shayra, it's going to be kosher, because we do not require, this is what the Gemara clarifies, we do not require that it has to be able to withstand any sort of the wind where it is located, it just has to be strong enough that it could generally stand up to a uh, a, a common wind. Okay, so then what that means is, that it, when we say that that uh, that it may not be strong enough, Ratzalomer, well, the Mishabur explains in Tafresh Chaf Ches Sif Katan Yud Beis. Ratzalomer, the the concern is Shelo Kasha B'Chozek Klau. You didn't secure it to the ground. You didn't anchor it to the ground at all. She'ezeroch she'yavo yakreno, where any wind which comes along, it will passel it. It will disqualify the sukkah. Da'afilu diras aroi lohavya. So the Mishabur explains that when you have a sukkah, which is so insecure that a regular wind will topple it, right? So we could go back to our three little pigs. So if you go ahead and you build your sukkah out of straw, or you go ahead and you build your sukkah out of uh, twigs or, or sticks, and a wolf comes along and he huffs and puffs, and as much as a wolf is going to huff and puff, he's not going to be able to generate a wind which is uh, an unusually strong wind. It's just a regular wind. That's the most that we can do. So if that's going to cause the sukkah to collapse, so that is not, even though a sukkah only has to be a temporary structure, not permanent, but if it falls down as soon as the wind blows, that's not even considered to be a temporary structure, and that by definition cannot be a sukkah. So that is number one. What's the criterion? Is it uh, actually toppling or, or wrecking it? Uh, how about if it shifts a little bit on the ground? Yeah, e- e- even shifts a little bit, as we're going to see. Yeah. Um, and we're going to see that in the, in the Mishnah Bura on the, the next set of Shulchan Aruch. That's going to be source number, it's source number four, but our second set of sources. So next thing, as far as being secure and being anchored, Shulchan Aruch says, So in the event that you find yourself located in a forest, and an easy place to go ahead and build your sukkah is going to be between a bunch of trees. Vailanos de Fanosla, and or you have a, a row of bushes. You say, that would be convenient. I'll just go ahead and use the row of bushes as one of my walls. And that way I don't have to build the other wall entirely. So in the event that you happen to be located near a, a redwood tree, which we assume is pretty darn strong. 
Oh, or even if the tree or the bushes in and of themselves are not so strong. And you secured it or you tied it up or anchored it so that it's not going to shake in a regular wind all the time. So basically it's stable. Although once in a while it may move a little bit, but it's more or less stable. And on top of that, uh, actually we don't need to do that. So I raise so such a sukkah, as long as either the tree or the bushes are firmly set in place and they're not going to be shaking back and forth, or even if the branches of the bushes would shake back and forth, but you put some string through them or you put something in them which strengthens them so that they should not shake back and forth. So such a thing is going to be kshayra. But the implication is, in the event that when the wind blows, your sukkah will shake, significantly, we'll see what significantly means, but it will shake significantly, so that once again is a disqualification of the sukkah, because that means that it can't really stand up to anything. And the Mishabur explains this, that was in Tafresh Lamed Sif Yud, and the Mishabur explains in Sif Katan Memchas, Ratzalam or Mita says, osam. this is to your point, uh, Al, that in the event that the wind shakes, moves the, the walls, afilu even if the wind is not so strong, I feel the wind isn't strong enough that it will topple it entirely so that you just be left with a sukkah which is now uh, horizontal rather than vertical. But as the wind blows, it goes back and forth. So imagine like you're hanging out towels to dry and the wind blows. So the towel is going to be going back and forth. It's going to be moving all the time. It's never set in a particular place. So, So we paskin, at that point, that, that can't be considered to be a partition. A partition, by definition, is something which needs to be fixed in place. Doesn't mean that it can't move at all. You have, you know, the uh, the Sears Tower, uh, which we still call it. So the Sears Tower also moves in the wind, uh, but that's okay that it's moving in the wind because it's more or less pretty uh, pr- pretty set. So it's not actually going anywhere. And it doesn't move all the time, but it is. Um, uh, uh, but if it moves to such a degree that it, it has no stability whatsoever, so then that's not considered to be mechitza. Now, here's an important idea, an interesting idea, which sometimes um, my understanding is in Eretz Yisrael, this is something which is a little more common, but it could happen in some places over here. So let's say what you have is. You have in the yeshiva that I was at in the second year in Chavetz Chaim. So the uh, the building, if you look at a bird's eye view of the building, it was like an end mem, or it's like a square, and it was three stories high. And the sukkah was on the bottom bottom floor, uh, completely surrounded by walls, so no wind could reach it, and it went all the way up. So you could see all the way up to uh, to the sky from there. So there's no way that any wind is going to have any impact on the sukkah whatsoever because it's surrounded on all four sides by three-story walls. So somebody may think, okay, if there's such a thing, it's, if it's not going to be impacted by the wind, I could go and I could, I could construct a very weakly constructed sukkah Well, I'll just have very thin poles. I'll just have laundry lines and I'll just hang down sheets on all four sides. And you'll see the sheets aren't going to go anywhere because there's no wind and that should be okay. That should qualify. So the uh, Mishabur is emphasizing over here that that is not the case. That the very fact that the, the, the Mitzias, 
the fact that it's actually not shaking in the wind is irrelevant because it's reinforced by the building which surrounds it. But if you were to take down that building, the walls would shake back and forth. That means that these are shakeable walls, and therefore they're not kosher for a sukkah, even though the mice are not moving at all. So sometimes a person goes out and builds their sukkah in a way where it's shielded from the wind, and that's why it doesn't shake. But in and of itself, the walls of the sukkah are not strong enough. And in such a case, the Mishabura says, Lo even in that case, it's not considered to be a wall. In order to be a wall, it has to be able to withstand a regular wind if the wind were to hit it. And if it would not be able to withstand a regular wind, it is possible, even though Lamaisa, it's not uh it's not uh, uh shaking at all. Doesn't that knock out tarp completely? Um so tarp has to be pretty secure. I mean, there's not much of a, you know, one has to uh, make sure that it is, um, uh, that it uh, that it's. Um, it has to be tied down on the bottom. So right. It, it, really, yeah. you want to tie it on both ends because both yeah. ends, depending on how it's uh, how it's constructed, either end could go ahead and could uh, could end up uh, shaking. But yeah, you re- you really need to try and make sure that it's uh, secure. The Chazunish has a, has a, uh, it maintains that in order for it to be sway enough that it disqualifies, is it has to go Fort Fachim off of midline on both sides. So if Fort Fachim, even if you take a small shield, Chazunish says that a, a Tefach would be uh, four inches, but even if you take the small thing, which is three inches, so that means that your tarp, as it's, you know, completely vertical, it has to go 12 inches on both sides. So that would have to be tied pretty loosely to be able to shake, to go that far, that's going to go 12 inches off. That means it has to have two feet of leeway. Two feet of leeway, that's uh, that's unlikely that that's going to happen. That's pretty, that's uh, that's pretty that's significant. easy to avoid if you take the trouble to do it. What? That's easy to avoid. Yes, yes, that should, be, that, that should not be difficult. Correct. Within those limits, right. Okay. So now, uh, there's an important chart to, uh, to see. Because uh, so far we've talked about walls, we didn't talk about schach. So now in order to get to schach, in order to get to source 6, we have to ease our way through the Mishabura in uh, in uh, source 5. So Mishabura here in Tafrei Shaman Gimel, Sivkat and Gimel, is talking about the halacha, if you remember from the beginning of Masech HaSukkah, that it, 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 the Mishnah says that a sukkah more than 20 amos is no good. If the schach is more than 20 amos off of the ground, so that sukkah is no good. And the question is why? So here the Mishabur explains. He says, Ella, Tam Pasul, Yosemichaf, the reason why a sukkah more than 20 amos is going to be no good, is because in order for a sukkah to be kosher, it has to be a sukkah which is uh, which is capable of being uh temporary. The ad chaf, and until 20. So if you're building uh, a structure less than 20 amos tall, so then you don't have to pay such good attention to know that the walls need to be strong. You don't need such strong walls, because less than 20 amos, they should be okay, even if they're not particularly strong. 
and therefore you can make walls even out of reed. You can take a bunch of bamboo and just stand it up, and it doesn't have to be so secure. It doesn't have to be reinforced with concrete or anything like that, or rebar inside of the concrete. You don't need any of that stuff as long as it's less than 20 amos. But but in the event that your sukkah is more than 20 amos tall, then you need to reinforce those walls. You need to have really strong walls as if you were building a house, as, 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 as strong as if you were building an actual house, so that they should not fall as a result of their excessive height. Okay. Now, now based on this reasoning, that we, we want to make sure that the sukkah can be built in a temporary uh, manner, rather than in something which is permanent and reinforced. So therefore, Let's say you built a sukkah where the walls reach all the way up to the schach. So it's re- it, it's, there's walls all the way up. And the sukkah is very wide. So certainly it's going to be possible. Because if you have something which is 20 amos high, and it's uh, you know 50 feet across, and you have walls which go all the way up to the schach, you're not relying on your halachic glasses to magically see walls which go all the way up to the schach, but you actually have walls up to the schach. So a structure which is built in that way has to be permanent. Otherwise, it's just going to collapse based on the size and the weight and all of that. But, however, as long as you're building your, your sukkah where it's less than 20 amos tall, even if you made the walls very strong, like it's your house walls, kosher. So then it's going to be kosher. You don't see this too much in Chicago, but you go out to the East Coast in the, in Lakewood or in Muncie in some of those places. So they build a room in the house, which is sort of like their sunroom, but they build it in a way where the roof is removable. So they take off the roof for Sukkis, and then they go ahead and they just put schach over the top, but it's effectively their regular house. It's a regular room in the house. So as strong as that is, so that actually is a room, but as long as it's not more than 20 amos high, as strong as it is, it's still going to be kosher. Why? Because if you wanted to, you could build that sukkah in a temporary manner. So it doesn't have to be permanent. You could build it in a temporary manner. And the keva, sorry. And the only thing that the Torah is concerned about is we don't really care about how permanent or temporary the walls are. All that we really care about halachically, all that the Torah really cares about is, is that it should be capable of being temporary walls. But when you're building something more than 20 amos high, where you can't even, if you're building it that tall, nobody would say that even on a temporary basis, you could build it with flimsy walls. So therefore, you have to build permanent walls, and that's why it's going to be no good. Where if it's more than 20 amos, you have no choice but to go ahead and make that more than uh, make that a, a permanent structure, rather than something which is a um, a uh, a temporary structure. Okay, so that is um, so that is what the Mishabura says. Now the source for this is now, or I shouldn't say the source, but the Sharetzio now says the Ran the He says the Ran says that the whole difference, the the whole uh, halachic structure parameters, I guess I'll say, I want to say structure, but the whole parameters of the permanent or the temporary nature of the sukkah, that revolves around, that relates to the walls. 
So the walls have to potentially be uh, um, uh, temporary. And as long as they could theoretically be temporary, we don't actually care how you structure them. Aval, then this ultimately is what we're looking for. Aval b'schach, when it comes to b'schach, she'ikar ha'sukah al shem ha'schach, that the name sukkah is derived from the schach. The schach is really what makes it into a sukkah. Lo miskash ad so the schach, by its very definition, has to be a temporary state. Dahainu, in other words, what does that mean to have schach which is temporary? Shalo yikva hanesarim To go ahead and to nail down, let's say you're using uh, two by fours or two by twos as your as your schach, and you don't want the two by twos to go ahead and uh, blow away in the wind. So you say, you know what I'll do? I got this really cool nail gun. I'm going to use my new fancy-pancy nail gun, and I'll just nail down all of the schach onto the walls. In that way, it doesn't matter how strong the wind is, it'll survive. It'll give stability to the overall sukkah structure, and I don't have to worry about my schach flying away because I've nailed in all of the schach into the walls, and I'm good to go. So Mishabura says, the Sharetzion says, that that's not allowed. To go ahead and to nail your schach in place, or to use screws, to go ahead and lock the, uh, the, the schach in place so that it cannot blow away, that itself is a disqualification. So now this is where our quandary now begins. Because on the one hand, I need to do something to make sure that my schach doesn't blow away when the strong Chicago winds get going, especially when you live across the street from a park facing west. So you get the wind really coming in, uh, really coming in strongly. So on the one hand, I would love to be able to secure it in some sort of permanent way so my schach doesn't blow away. But on the other hand, now I find out that halachically I'm not allowed to do so. I can't go ahead and nail it in so that it cannot move. So what's going to be the best choice that I have in order to secure the schach so that it's not going to go anywhere, but not make the schach something which is permanent, something which is keva, which would be a violation of the of the halacha. Okay, so now we have to go ahead and so we go ahead and see what the potential solutions are available. So one is the Mishabura talks about where he's coming from in Shulchan Aruch, so we don't need to explore that. But he says, So he says, you could go ahead and you can um, you could tie together the boards uh, with rags or with uh, with rope um, to go ahead and to um, um, right. So if, if you want, let's say you're making your um, uh, um, you're making your walls out of boards, and how are you going to attach the boards to one another? So when you're attaching the boards of your walls to, to one another, so you could go ahead and you could use worn-out rags, even though the walls are not supported by something which is makabaltuma. Rags are something which is a garment, something which is a, a garment, is susceptible to tuma. In order, we wouldn't use that for schach, but to go ahead and use that to hold the walls in place is fine. Or to go ahead and use pishtan to use flax would also be okay as far as holding the walls in place. But the enachanami, however... The but to go ahead and to tie the schach onto your walls, that itself is something which is going to be problematic. That that is potentially an issue. 
So that you should avoid tying the schach down to the walls with some sort of rope or some sort of garment. Because whenever you, if you ever go ahead and you tie down your schach with something which is susceptible to tuma, so that is going to be a problem. So to avoid that problem of securing the schach in place with something which is makabal tuma, so to take a piece of garment, which is susceptible to tuma by virtue of the fact that it is a garment, or to go ahead and take flax, which after it's been manufactured enough, it also is going to be susceptible to uh, to tuma, tumas negayim that's uh, susceptible to uh, to tzaras. So those things may not be used in order to go ahead and to tie down your schach to your walls, because that's being maimed. That's what, what, what the, the the phrase which we're going to be using the post game used is maimed mem ayin mem yud dalid. So you're giving stability to your schach. With davar makabel tuma, something which is susceptible to tuma, so that you're not allowed to do. So in the event, let's just make it something which is easy. Let's say you miscalculated, and uh, by instead of getting the uh, eight foot, um, uh, eight foot long uh, bamboo uh, poles, you went ahead and you got the seven foot, and the seven foot don't reach from one wall to the other. So as you try and put them up, they're not gonna they're not gonna reach the two walls. So you say, you know what? No problem. I could go ahead and I could take a little string and I'll put a string through the ends of the two bamboo, the, the two ends of the bamboo, and I'll take that string and I'll tie it to the walls. So the the uh, the bamboo poles will now be suspended between the two uh, walls with six inches on one side and six inches on the other side. That's not enough to disqualify the uh, the sukkah. And now my sukkah is now uh, has enough schach that I have the most of the area which is covered enough which is going to be kosher. So here the mishabura says that that's not going to work because being that the schach is being held in place by garments by some sort of string or some sort of rope, which may very well be, depending on how it's manufactured, may very well be susceptible to tuma. So for the schach to exist, the schach to be in place, because it's secured by something which is makabal tuma, something which is susceptible to tuma, so that is absolutely not allowed. Um, okay, now let's actually going to jump around uh, a little bit just uh, for clarity. So, um, okay, so now you know, there's a, uh, a a question you should uh, you should be asking yourself. So we don't want you, we, we're saying now, we've, uh, we've established that to go ahead and to support your schach with something which is makabal tuma, uh, which is itself puzzle for schach, so that you're not allowed to do. So as we said, to tie, to take a rope or to take a garment, to take a leftover socks, that single sock that you find in the uh, in the uh, the dryer, which doesn't have a pair. So to use that to hold your schach in place, so that is not going to be allowed. So if that's true, because in the in the problem is that I'm being maimed, I am supporting my schach with something which is makabal tumor, something which is uh, which you're not allowed to use for schach. So I have a bigger problem on hand. And that is, let's say I go ahead, in which the the, uh, the Mishnah says I'm allowed to do, let's say I go ahead and I construct my sukkah out of stone walls. I have I, I, I built my house in a way where I could use part of my back deck and the, the walls of my house from my deck to be the walls of the sukkah. And I just extend my uh, my uh, my schach from one 
uh, one brick wall to the other. So if it extends from one brick wall to the other, so what's holding up the schach? The bricks. So am I actually allowed, to, would that be allowed, or is that also going to be a problem of maimed? So here the Mishabur explains, this is in Tav Reish Chav Test, Sif Katan Chav Beis. So here the Mishabur explains, he says, he says, the reason for the uncertainty of what's going on in Shulchan Aruch, which is not so important, is that you have your schach being supported by something which is puzzle schach, which may not be used for schach itself. And we're saying now that that's going to be a problem. And it may very well be that you're not allowed to have your schach supported, directly supported by something which is susceptible to tuma. Shema Yavo Lesakechbo, because of the concern that if I you could use this to support my schach, I may think that this is something which is usable for schach as well. So I'm not allowed to use, for example, a wooden ladder. If you have a wooden ladder, so all, although it's made completely from wood, and wood is something which grows from the ground, and many times schach is made from branches, if it's made from any sort of branch, so that's also a piece of wood which grows from the ground. But the very fact that you made it into a ladder makes it into a kli. And once it's a kli, so as a utensil, that's susceptible to tuma, and you're not allowed to use a, such a thing. Because we're afraid that if I just lay the ladder out from wall to wall, and I put the schach on that, so I may say, hey, my schach is made from a tree. The ladder is made from a tree. What's the difference between the ladder and the rest of the branches? And a person may not be sophisticated enough to know that there's a significant halachic difference between them, distinction between them. One is susceptible to tumor and one is not. So to avoid confusion, we don't want you to have something which is susceptible to tumor, something which is makabal tumor, supporting your schach. So now the Mishabur says, but wait, now I have a problem. So why are you allowed to go ahead and have your schach supported by stone walls? That shouldn't be allowed either, because you're not allowed to use stone for your schach. So just like I can't have my schach rest on the ladder, because if I do so, I may think that I could use the ladder for schach. So why do I have the same concern if I have my schach extended over brick walls? So why doesn't that lead me to think that I'm going to use the brick walls also as my uh, as my schach? I could use that as well. So to that, the Mishabura says that's not a concern. Mishum, because because it's uncommon that you would go ahead and ever use, who's going to use brick as their schach uh, anyways? So to use a ladder, so that's something that somebody may use because it's movable, it's it's not so heavy, and it's uh, it's it's portable. But to go ahead and to use stones, which you would do, stones which are large enough that you could use to build a wall of a house that you would never use on your rooftop. That's just uh, just not what's done. And now, as far as this general halacha about maimed, and this is an important idea to uh, to know that the the uh, opposition or the hesitancy, I'm going to say, the hesitancy that we have to having your schach supported by something which is makabal tuma. So the achronim the, the, write that lechatchila, one should be careful not to have their schach supported by something which is makabal tuma. So the case where you would find this occur most frequently is if you have one of these prefabbed sukkahs where it's a bunch of metal 
poles or metal things which were specifically fitted to be easily constructed into sukkah walls. So you have all of this hollow metal, which gives relatively strong stability to what's uh, what's happening over there. And then after you go ahead and do that, then you're going to spread out your bamboo poles on top of that. So in the event that you have your bamboo poles stretched out or laying out on the metal bars, which hold the schach in place, so the metal bars are susceptible to tuma. So if you have the schach sitting directly on top of that, now you run into a problem because your schach is resting on a davar mekabel tuma. And we say that at least the chatchila, at least preferentially, we don't want the schach to be resting on something which is mekabel tuma. So if you uh, if you uh, ever go into one of those sukkahs, those prefab sukkahs which uh, which people buy, which easily fit together like the uh, the shul has. So in addition to selling you schach, they sell you also as part of the package. They sell you two by fours which are notched, which are notched to be able to reach one wall to the other with ease. So that the schach doesn't have to rest on the metal. The schach rests on those two by fours. So as long as it doesn't matter that the, the bamboo is on the 2x4 and the 2x4 is on the metal, that's what we call maimid de maimid. That's two steps away from the thing which is susceptible to tuma, And that's not going to be a problem. We hold the chatrila that that's, uh, that's fine. But to go ahead and have your, your schach rest directly onto the metal, so that's where you're going to run into a problem. So that's something which should be avoided. Or even if you go ahead and you take some of the tarp, and you cover the metal, so the wood isn't touching the metal directly, but the tarp itself is also something which is makabal tumo. So therefore, you don't want it resting on that. So that's so that's the language of the Mishabur is lechatchila. You should avoid your schach resting on something which is metal. But then he says, But in the event that it's b'diavid situation. We'll discuss what exactly B'diavid is going to mean in a moment. But a B'diavid situation, or uh, you have nothing else, to, you, you have no alternative, you have no extra pieces of wood that you could rest the schach on, then, so then we would ultimately say that at least B'diavid, you're allowed to go ahead and have your schach rest on something which is makabal tuma. So a lot of people get very excited if they see schach which is resting on a piece of metal, because this is something which people know that you're not supposed to do. But what many people don't know is that it's really only l'chatchila should your sukkah not be constructed in such a way. B'diyevet, if it's constructed in such a way, so it would be acceptable. Now, the definition of b'diyevet over here is actually subject to its own debate. Some people say b'diyevet is that once this is your sukkah, so and you didn't know the halacha, that's b'diyevet, and you're allowed to use it because you didn't know and uh, you know, better luck next year. You'll try and improve uh, next year, like the uh, like the Cubs. Others say that b'diavid means that there's no other sukkah for you to sit in. So you happen to be on a deserted island somewhere. You constructed yourself a sukkah, and with the materials which are available, all you could do is construct a sukkah where the schach rests on a piece of metal. So when you have literally no other alternative, and there's no other sukkah to go to, so that's where we say that you could rely on the schach resting on a piece of metal. But in the event that we're talking about uh, where there's a neighbor who has a sukkah, where the schach is not resting on something which is makabal tum, it's not resting on a piece of metal, so that's not considered to be bidiyevet, because you still have a l'chatchila choice to go next door and sit by uh, sit by the neighbor and eat in their sukkah. 
Others maintain that uh, that going to a neighbor, finding a you know, inviting yourself over to sit in their sukkah, hoping that they have enough room for you, that's already considered to be evid, bidi evid, and you don't have to uh, you don't have to exert yourself uh, that strongly in that uh, that direction. But it is something which, uh, which, uh, um, in the event that you're a guest by somebody else's sukkah, you don't have to tell them. You don't have to walk in there, look up at the schach, see that it's resting on metal, and say, "I'm so sorry. Uh, I suddenly have a change of heart, and I'm going to eat at home." So you don't have to uh, certainly embarrass them by something like that, because the evidence is going to work, and you should not, uh, uh, at that point, make a big deal uh, out of that. Um, the part which we skipped in source nine, this is something. Um, it has to do, if we wanted to get technical in terms of different ropes in different strings, in whether or not ropes in strings are makabal tumor or not. So uh, I will let you, uh, I will assign you that task to go ahead and explore Simon Tafresh Chavtes, the Mishaburas, and Yud Aleph and Yud Beis. You probably want to see the Shulchan also, but you'd go ahead and you would uh, see that. But suffice it to say that many ropes uh, that you would buy you know, at a, at a hardware store or whatever, or strings that you buy at a hardware store, either they're made of synthetic material. Synthet- synthetic material is already going to be a problem because it's not usable for schach, because it didn't grow from the ground. And in the event that it's actual a cotton rope, so what often happens is that each one, that the, the, the rope or the string which you have is made up of smaller strands which were twisted together. And the Mishabura uh, has language both in the Mishabura as well as the Sharetzion, which seem to indicate that once you go ahead and you manufacture rope like we do nowadays, certainly a braided rope would be the case, but even a regular twisted rope, that may very well be makabal tuma already, susceptible to tuma, and therefore to secure the schach in place where it's, it, it rests on those, uh, where it rests on the metal, so that's something which is going to be problematic. Now, there is a solution, however, and this is something which uh, which uh, which we do. And I I, I was doing it because my rebbeim said to do it, and then I was excited to see uh, this year, just as I was preparing, there Shmuel Kamenetsky in his in the the sefer which presents the halachas uh, yam tovim based on his sakim. So he goes that and he has another eitzah, which also. So one thing that one can do in the event that one has bamboo poles. And the concern is that the bamboo poles may roll off of the sukkah. So to go ahead and put a nail or a screw in each corner so that even if they roll, they're going to hit something to prevent them from rolling off, that certainly is allowed. Because that's not considered to be maimed. So remember, the definition of maimed, and this is going to get to the part which we're looking for in that last source, but the definition of maimed is that it's amida. It's 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 um uh, um resting on the sukkah is, re- requires a davr makabal tumah, something which is susceptible to tumah. So the only time you run into a problem is if you need the, the, the metal in order for the schach to remain in place. But if the schach will remain in place without that, that's not called maimed. So if I have the schach which is resting on wooden walls, and I just put screws or nails in the corner to prevent it from rolling off in the event that it starts rolling, so that's not maimed. Because Maimed, its resting state is on the walls, and the walls, assuming that they're made of wood, so then that's not Maimed at all. That's just preventative to make sure that it doesn't roll off. So along those lines, you have, the uh, in the Sefer, they, they, they write, 
So let's say you have schach, which is able to stand on, which is able to rest on its own. So those of you who are familiar with my sukkah, so it's a regular wooden wall sukkah, and we put wooden beams from one end to the other to hold it to hold it in place, to hold the schach in place, and then we roll out a series of mats, a series of bamboo mats, uh, bamboo mats, bamboo fencing. But we roll out a, a bunch of bamboo on top of it in order to in order for it to be there. So now when there's no wind blowing, so the walls are supporting the schach. They're not going anywhere when the wind isn't blowing. And when the wind is a regular wind, the, the schach isn't going to go anywhere. The problem we run into is that for some reason the wind is anti-Semitic. And it knows when Sukkot is, regardless of whether it's a leap year or not a leap year, it's early in the season, late in the season. But for some reason, the wind picks up particularly strong Sukkot time every year. And when you get one of those real strong windstorms or one of those real strong winds, then we run the risk that the potentially it could blow off the schach. But if this, but if it's a regular, if it's a regular day, even with a light wind, the schach isn't going anywhere. So Shmuel says that in such a case, schach So if you have schach, which by itself it would be perfectly content, it will make it. It, will, it won't be a, an issue. It will, it will remain in place because it's supported by the wooden walls. So if I want to reinforce that with something which is Tuma, so I'm able to do so. What does he mean by reinforce? So as we'll see, what we're talking about is where you go ahead and you put something there just to prevent it from blowing off in the event that the wind is super strong. So again, in a Ruach Metsuya, in a regular wind, the Schach isn't going anywhere. When you have the super strong wind, then I have something there to hold it in place to make sure that it doesn't uh, it doesn't fly away when the wind really picks up. So that Rav Shmuel says is not considered to be maimid b'davar makabel tuma, because that's already prevent. That's talking. That's addressing the ruach she'ena mitzuya. It's addressing the unusually strong wind, and that the schach doesn't have to be strong enough to withstand that. And if the only reason I put that there is just to prevent the stuff from blowing off. But it's not; it doesn't qualify as maimed. It's not serving the role of keeping it in place initially when it's at rest. That's going to be permitted. And he says in the footnote there, "Amar Mori Rabbi Shlita." That's how he refers to Shmuel. The Chol Anytime the schach can stand by itself, it's resting on wood, and in a regular wind, a regular breeze, the schach is going to be just fine. Ve'ena osa elim noah burach sa'ara. And the only reason you put something there is to hold it in place in, in the event that a storm wind starts blowing, a super strong wind starts blowing. That, Rav Shmuel says, is lav maimid mikri. That's not considered to be maimid, and that's not going to be a problem. So what we do, for instance, by us, is after we lay out the schach, when the wind isn't blowing so strong, and the wind is at, uh, the schach is at rest, and it's not going anywhere, at that point, I go ahead and I take some zip ties, and I find the corners of the schach, and I loosely use the zip ties not to hold the schach firmly against the uh, the wood, but I use it, I have it there loosely, so that in the event that the wind blows, the schach is going to be able to blow away. But when the wind isn't blowing, so the zip ties are just fall, the uh, gravity takes hold of them, and they fall as low as they can, they can fall, but they don't, in a state of rest, when the schach is at rest, the zip ties don't add any stability whatsoever to the schach. 
It's only there to make sure that it doesn't blow off when the wind picks up. So that Rav Shmuel says is something which is going to be which is going to be acceptable, and you don't have to worry necessarily about whether or not that thing is is it a natural string or rope, or it's something which is synthetic, or it's metal, or it's plastic. Because when the, your whole purpose is to prevent it from blowing away when a storm wind arrives, that's not considered to be maimed, and that's not going to be the halachic issue. The halachic issue is uh, of maimed only applies when you need that davar mekabel tuma in order to keep it in place lechatchila, in a regular wind or at rest. If you need that thing, then it's going to be a problem. But to prevent it from blowing away in a strong wind, that Rishul says is not going to be a problem at all. So as long as your walls are pretty solid, when your schach is able to, in a state of rest, is able to just sit upon the walls and it's not going to go anywhere, to put something there to prevent it from blowing away in a strong wind. So that is something which is going to be allowed. So when you're imagining or you're uh, redesigning or you're remodeling your uh, your sukkah and your schach, so you want to keep that in mind that there is an option as a way of making sure that your schach does not uh, blow away. All righty? Thank you, Rabbi. We, we can do that.